is to be bathed in the love of God that he had for us. You and I are to forgive people because God loved us. We're to be an encouragement to people as God loves us. Love is the motivating factor of everything a Christian is supposed to do. And so you'll notice here that whenever a Christian walks in love, he falls in love with the Lord, uh, then it's much easier and it's even joyful to give up a, 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 a mouth with the wrong words or a, a mind with the wrong thoughts because you're in love with Jesus Christ. And so if I can encourage you tonight to come to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to love you more. On my prayer list, one of the things I pray about is, Lord, every day, help me to love you more. Because that's the secret to doing right with joy and to getting rid of our sins with joy. And I want you to live in joy tonight. Now, notice he says in verse 6, let no man deceive you with vain words. Let no man, pronounce is just original word, you know, don't, don't let someone uh, bait you into doing something that's wrong. Uh, young people have this a lot. Uh, you know, young people, you, you go to school, it doesn't matter if you're in a Christian school or if you're in a public school, there are always kids that don't really have the heart to do what's right. Maybe their parents made them go there. But I'm pleading with all of you to say, I want to do what's right because I'm going to see the Lord one of these days, and I want the Lord to be pleased with me. I want to make my parents proud, but I want to make the Lord Jesus proud. We're going to get to that in just a minute. You're going to see why that's important. But you'll notice he says, let no man deceive you. Don't listen to people. Don't listen to the words of the world that try to get you to do things that are not right. And he says, look, he said, notice this in verse number six, let no man deceive you with vain words, words that are empty. Words that have no spiritual value, and that's the key to it. Uh, doing the sins of three and four have no spiritual value. They only dirty up your spiritual life. They only separate you from the Lord and your power of prayer and your walk with the Lord. So you'll notice, if you would, he says, let no man deceive you. Don't let somebody trick you into thinking something. It's okay. You can be a part of our group. You can't listen to the chatter of the world. Folks, our, our own county here voted that, that, that you could go in any bathroom you want. Uh, they, they think that makes sense. It does not make sense. It is not right. And so you and I can't listen to these vain words. We have to stand up. Uh, you know, we have to have a focus about, I'm here to do my Father's will, just like Jesus had. <clears throat> Yogi Berra was the catcher, <clears throat> and um, Ank Aaron came up to bat, and this is in the World Series, and he comes up, and Yogi Berra was noted <clears throat> for chatter. Hey, how's your mama today? <clears throat> hey, your, 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 your shorts need to be pulled up a little bit. Hey, your bats, you, you got your bat, holding your bat wrong. So he tells Aaron, Hank Aaron, as he comes up to bat, he says, hey, you're holding the bat wrong. The label needs to be where you can read it. And so he's going through all the, can you read it? And uh, first pitch, and Aaron knocks it over the fence. He jogs around. He comes back. When he steps on the plate, he said, I didn't come up here to read. 
And I think a lot of us Christians have to listen to people that are chattering about all these things and say, I'm not here to please myself. I'm not here to do the things that make me feel good. I'm here to honor my Father in heaven and my Father on earth. Notice, if you would, he says in verse number 7, Be not ye therefore partakers with them. So Proverbs 1 says a lot about this, the wrong friends. Uh, You know, you and I have to be very careful that we pick the right friends, the friends that talk about the things of the Lord, that want to do the things of the Lord. In school, can I challenge you? Now, you'll notice, if you would, he says in verse number 8, for you are sometimes darkness. All of us that are saved here, there were times whenever we were in darkness, and maybe still some shouldn't be. But he says, notice if you would, but now are ye light, because the Holy Spirit is in our heart. The day we get saved, we're born into God's family. The Spirit of God indwells in our heart, and he can begin to take over if we allow him. So there is a glow on our face that, that look, we no longer worry about dying and go to hell. How much is that worth to a person? If the Lord of heaven could tonight take this room to heaven and stand each one of us with our toes dangling over the precipice of hell, we'd never be the same. I remember going to the World Trade Center when it was up. And getting on the top floor and walking out, and they had, uh, you know, you, you get up there and they have some glass where you can step out on it. It was hard for me to step out on the glass. And it was that thick. But it just was scary to, oh man. And there were some kids got up there and they'd run around on it. They didn't understand what was possible if it broke. But as a Christian, you and I have to look at it and say, oh, Lord, thank you. That is no longer a possibility in my life. I've been redeemed. And so that alone changes us where we say, Lord, I don't want to listen to the world. Notice he says, you were sometimes darkness, but now you light in the Lord. So he says, he gives us a command, walk as children of light. So the command is that all of us in this room, at your work, walk as a child of light. A a, a child of light, uh, there's a joy in the heart. Notice if you want to say verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness. We're to have the goodness, a a good heart. Uh, Agathos, the Greek Greek word here is, it's good heart. Uh, It's intrinsically good. A sinner cannot be intrinsically good. Good all the way through. A Christian can because in our soul is the Holy Spirit, which is the embodiment of good. And so you and I have good in our hearts, but we, we let that goodness and that joy and that shine out. Well, notice he says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness. Now, listen very carefully. You don't manufacture fruit. Fruit is a product of a tree 
with deep roots, bringing sustenance up through the trunk, out to the, uh, to the limbs, and it builds fruit. So you and I do the right things day by day. Fruit is not quick. When I'd go to my grandparents' house and I would, I would go out to the, uh, to the uh, garden, I, I would go out to the, uh, he had a one-acre watermelon patch. I was the only grandchild, and uh, uh, he said, look, grandson, what do you like? I said, I love watermelons. And so I'd go out there to that one-acre watermelon patch, and one acre is a lot of watermelons. And so we'd go out there, I'd look at them, and, and I remember seeing a little watermelon about the size of your thumb. And, uh, and it, was, it was kind of frustrating to me. It was normal to my grandfather. He says, oh, it'll be about a month. A month? Who can wait a month? It's a long time. But with water from heaven, good soil, that thumb grows to a ball. That ball grows to a watermelon. And I remember going out there with a wagon to get a 50-pound watermelon and, and bring it in and take that. And my grandfather always ate watermelon with a butcher knife. I couldn't wait till I was that big where I could cut it out of the heart. He would just cut that heart out, stick it, and start eating it. I said, I can't wait. My grandmother said, you'll cut your tongue off. Don't use that, that, that knife. But my grandfather did. I couldn't wait till I got old enough to eat watermelon with a butcher knife. And I remember uh, the length of time it would take to produce fruit. You know what happens? You and I have to have time alone with the Lord daily. We have to be determined daily. I don't want that habit in my life anymore. I don't want those thoughts in my life anymore. I want to walk in the light of heaven. I want to walk in the light of my Lord. Now notice if you would, he says, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So these three things, it's goodness. Folks, goodness makes us sweet. It makes us peaceable. Goodness does. Aren't we just intrinsically good. It's our nature to want to be good to somebody. It's our nature to want to, uh, to, to let someone uh, go before us. It's our nature. Um, uh, I, from time to time, you know, you get in a, a car line, and, and I, was at, uh, I was at Sam's Club the other day, <clears throat> and uh, if you know, if you go to Sam's to get gas, uh, you, go, you come off of, uh, uh, off of uh, Atlantic Boulevard, and you go up to a stop sign, you take a left, and you go around to get into the back, and you come in the back of Sam's Club to all the uh, pumps. Well, I'd come around from Walmart, and I'd come to the back, and so I'm trying to figure out what to do because there's two cars there, and I'm waiting, and somebody sort of motions me on. So I go on in, and the line is going around the back, but there's this one line that um, is just two cars just happen to pull up. It's, it's the line on the left-hand side where um, if you, there, there's no getting out. Once the person in front of you is in, you're stuck if they take a long time. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's at one spot there. Well, I thought, do I want to do that or do I not want to do that? Now, listen, and my focus is on do I want to do that or it's on me. It's not on everybody else. So I'm behind this, uh, this one guy, and, and the line is like two or three but nobody's getting over in that line. So I thought, well, they don't want to get stuck. 
So I put my blinker on, turned around, and I got almost up there. And the awfulest honking you've ever heard in your life. What is going on? And this guy's honking at me, and he's mad at me. And so I, uh, uh, excuse me, and I backed up. Sure enough, he runs in there and gets right in there in front. And I thought, Lord, help me never to be that way. Give me more thought that I don't give an opportunity for someone to be that way. It's not on him. It's on me to be good all the time. Now, nobody moved. I thought the line was clear, but he thought it was his right to get out of that line and get in that line because he was ahead of me when I drove up, but there were two lines. And, you know, you get in those circumstances, what do you do? Well, you always want to do the right thing. And my wife always reminds me, she says, honey, just remember on the back of the tag, it says, God loves you. And I said, you know what I think I'd like to do? I think I'm going to put some tape over that tag. So God sort of loves you maybe, okay? And so, you know, I pull up and I, in my mind, I think of that tag when I pulled up there. Oh, I can't believe that. Uh, let me back out. I backed up. And, you know, he didn't say a word, and we ended up going through. I went, over, went around, went on the other side, and we ended up getting through almost exactly the same time. And so in my mind, I said, Dave Pittman, you're to be good all the time. So I was embarrassed that I put myself in the position of being honked at, even though if I had it over again, I don't know how it would have done much different. There was nobody pulling up, but yet I, Lord, Help me to be wiser. Lord, help me to always show light. And in circumstances like that, you and I can show light. You and I can show light at work. Uh, there are places that you can walk in light that I could never see in government buildings. Uh, uh, the joy of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord, the righteousness of the Lord. And I want to encourage you, whether you're a, a government worker or a government contractor, Always show the light of the gospel. Show what's right. Now, notice the next phrase. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit. So he's trying to get us to understand. Look, walk in light. And he says, as children of light. But remember, for the fruit of the Spirit, that which is produced in you when you're early in the morning and you're spending time with the Lord and you're praying and you're saying, Lord, help me to be what I should be. Uh, it's not fun to be honked at, but you do learn when you make a mistake and, 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 and you back up and say, Lord, help me not to put myself in that position again. Oh, it's not evil here or there, but it can look that way and the gospel is tarnished. Now, notice what he says. It, it, the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and all righteousness that all can be transferred to each word, and all good and all truth. But then notice he says, here's this, this word uh, proving, dokimazo. Remember, that was the word that described honest coin dealers in the New Testament. It was a common practice to take a silver coin and shave the edges of it just enough to get a little silver, not enough to notice. And then you get the next coin and you do the same thing until finally you can mint a new coin. 
It's a laborious process, but silver was very valuable. Now, if you remember, a lot of American coins have ridges on the edge so that that can't be done. And so it's always been the case, but the person that refused to shave the coin was called a dokumats. It was called dokumats. The one that shaved it was called a dokumats. He's unapproved. So notice he says this word proving. You prove what is, and I love this word, uh, acceptable. It's your restos. A restos is pleasing. Um, It's well, it's pleasing. But there's a prefix on this original word, you. You know what it means? Good. Good pleasing. Well pleasing to the Lord. It's not just pleasing him. It's trying to please him in everything. So he says, I want you to be the kind that will not shave the coin. And the reason is because you're trying to be very pleasing to me. Proving what is very pleasing, acceptable, which God looks at it and says, I'm, I'm, I accept him. I accept him. I don't know about you, but when I stand before the Lord, I want to hear, well done. I, I accept you and what you did. I'm proud of you. Notice he says, proving what is acceptable, well, not to Temple Baptist Church, and not to your neighbor necessarily. Oh, we're supposed to consider that, but the ultimate goal of every Christian in this room, of every teenager in this room, is that you say, Lord, am I acceptable to you? Was, was I acceptable to you last week or yesterday? Or, Lord, I, I got honked at. I wasn't very acceptable to you. I should have thought better. I'm sorry. And so you and I try to be a light. We try our best to say, Lord, I want to shine for you. I want to have goodness in my soul all the way through. And, folks, you can't be that or do that. But the Holy Spirit can produce that goodness through you. He can produce that righteousness through you. He can produce that truth in you. And you'll notice, he says in verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. He says, but rather prove them. So young people, when you're in school and somebody doesn't do the right thing, just say, look, I'm not going to do that. Probably wouldn't be good for you either. I went to public high school. How many of you went to public high school? Raise your hand. How many went to Christian schools? Raise your hand. Are going that? Okay, uh, probably about a third and two thirds. Um, there were three thousand students in my high school. We had a thousand graduating seniors. Not quite a thousand, a little bit less than that. But I remember the drug rage where they come through and all the locker doors were open as they were looking for drugs. Um, and 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 yet, I remember teachers looking for people that could grade a test and be honest about it help them. And I, in my heart, said, I want to be like that. I want to be trusted. You can't say, I'm going to be trusted. You have to let the Holy Spirit make you trustworthy. But that happens when the Holy Spirit takes control of your life. And every time you and I step out of line, get honked at, the Holy Spirit goes, you want to think about that. Uh, you're getting that that spirit you've got is wrong. I'm sorry. The Holy Spirit will bring forth fruit in your life if you yield to him. But you can't manufacture it. 
It comes from the reading of God's Word and hiding those words in your heart. And then uh, a challenge comes up and the Word of God reminds you, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And we say, no, I'm not going to do that. And somebody challenges you and says, look, uh, but it'll be okay. Your parents will be okay with it. No, 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 no. I can't do that. I'm not going to do it. I I, want to please the Lord. I want to be acceptable to the Lord. I'm not going to do that. Now, you're going to get laughed at. I was laughed at at work as a plumber because I didn't participate in the jokes and the lunch uh, stuff that they talked about at lunchtime. I sat by myself and and ate. And, uh, uh, you know, whenever it was something I could talk about, ball games or whatever, I'd sit with them. Uh, uh, But it was difficult for me. Everybody wants to be accepted. But by whom? That's the question. Is it the world, your neighborhood, your family, which is acceptable unto the Lord? Could I challenge you, everyone in this room, make your business practices acceptable to the Lord? Not just pleasing, but well-pleasing. Go in the second mile. Notice, if you would, He says, and have no fellowship. Uh, Fellowship is whenever you allow someone into your circle of friends. You you allow them to say things that you think about. There's fellowship. There is, you listen to someone. And so you don't want to let someone into your fellowship, into that circle where uh, you you share thoughts with them and they share thoughts with you and you consider them. That's fellowship. You don't want to consider anything of the world. And that's what he's saying here. Notice, have no fellowship. Let no foreign thoughts that go contrary to my word uh, get into your mind where you say, well, maybe. That's Lot. That's Samson. That's a lot of people in Scripture. You'll notice, if you would, in verse number 12, he says, "For this, this is something that I tend to forget, for it is a shame. This word is the word to disfigure, to be dishonest. I mean, to be dishonored, a dishonorable discharge. My, My dad was in the Korean War, and he was so proud of his honorable discharge papers. I didn't realize what that meant, but to him, there were guys that, that quit in Korea. There were guys that didn't do the right thing, and they got dishonored but discharged. And my dad wanted me to know he was honorably discharged, and he was proud of that. And I'm reminded here, it is even a shame. It's dishonorable even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Folks, If we would just honor this, it'd protect our hearts and minds, keep us pure. Someone brings up certain things, I I, I don't want to be a part of that. Um, You have to step away. It will never change. We're here in a meeting with uh, builders that are uh, talking about uh, putting in the pews or or fixing the uh, the the, the uh, treads on the on the altar, and we're talking about certain things, and God's being to laugh, and all of a sudden something bad could come up, and that's oh, 
pardon me, pardon me, Father. That's what I'll say. Pardon me, Reverend. And every once in a while, I, you know, I, well, you don't have to worry about me. It's him you have to worry about. And then you can kind of see that flesh white. Oh, I didn't think about that. Remember, acceptable to who? Who? Who are you trying to please? And that's why we say, I'm not going to speak about that. I'm not going to speak about the immorality of homosexualism. I'm not going to speak about uh, adultery and all the different things. I'm not even going to speak about that. It, it is it, it, the thoughts of those things and those people. Are, I, I don't, it's a shame to even think about it. Notice what he says. It's a shame to speak of those things which are done to them in secret. Now, uh, I want you to notice uh, but he says in, in verse 14, I'm going to skip over, we'll, we're, we're, I want to close here, but you'll notice he says, wherefore he saith, awake. So we have to be alert. And then notice, if you would, in verse number 15, he says, see then, watch out that you walk circumspectly. You know what this word circumspectly is in the Greek text? It's akrobos. Acrobat. Have you ever seen an acrobat? Have you ever seen a guy doing walking on the on the wire and he's got the, the thing like this? You know, he's not thinking of a lot of the things. I wonder what's for dinner tomorrow night. He's not thinking about that. He's not thinking about, well, when I get done with this, I, I wonder where we're going to go for supper. I, I, I'm, he's got one thing in his mind. And we as God's children have to be so careful that we have our focus on the Lord. I am reminded that if we lose our focus and we do the wrong thing, J. Wilbur Chapman, famous preacher of yesteryear, pastored in Shudleville, New York, where the Burgoyne French surrender ground stands a statute, a monument. And it's, he said it's beautiful to look upon. On one side is General Schuler, On the other side is General Gates. On the other side is General Morgan. The other side's blank. And he said, I, I, I don't understand. And somebody happened to be there that knew the story. And he said this, when I asked the reason, I was told it's the niche, which might have been filled by Benedict, Benedict Arnold, but he was a traitor. I don't want to get to heaven. And the Lord said, this would have been your place. But you weren't faithful. Tonight, let's be faithful. Young people, stand up. Christians, Lord, I want to be acceptable to you. Well-pleasing, not just a little, but everything that I do. I want to be approved by you. I don't want to shave the coin a little bit. Tonight, encourage yourself that you can let the Holy Spirit make you good through and through. Let's bow our heads forward to prayer tonight. I'm going to ask the pianist to come and play a verse of invitation hymn. Maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, I'm glad the missionary's going there, but that's not me. Maybe you would have the courage to say, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. 
I want to be well-pleasing to you. I want to prove, I want to test and see and make sure I'm doing what you want me to do. How's your life tonight? We're going to have a word of prayer and we'll stand to sing. Maybe you need to come to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to stand up for right. Lord, help me to think right. Help me to talk right. Help me not to discuss things that are shameful in your sight. Lord, would you let me be good through and through? Father, we need your hand of blessing on our lives. Father, we were darkness. We were dirty, but you cleaned us up. And you gave us a new hope. And you gave us the privilege of a new walk in light. Dear Lord Jesus, would you challenge the people of Temple Baptist Church to purpose in their heart, I want to prove that which is well-pleasing, acceptable to the Lord, and do it. Lord, give us some people that stand up for you with their goodness showing, their righteousness showing, their love for you as a motivation for everything that they do. In your precious name we pray. Amen.